0: I think there's something in life where we learn lessons and we have personal growth for a reason. And I think part of that reason is so that we could help people who are where we once were. And that was exactly my impetus for creating this podcast of me going to my first yoga class, loving the teacher, and then the teacher moved away. So I was like, if she just made a podcast, I mean, they were not really popular at the time, or if there was some way, a website or YouTube that I could follow her, like I would be practicing every day for sure. Uh, but I didn't have that and I found other teachers and that's all good and part of my own process. But I, it was a personal mission of mine once I did my first teacher training to do that, to make yoga accessible to everybody who wants it around the world. And I'm always incredibly grateful to hear your messages. So if you are one of those people, I'd love to hear from you. Please send me a message anytime. Uh, but I didn't anticipate that that would not just be, you know, people randomly in the middle of Mexico in a jungle or in Australia on a beach, uh, but it's now every person in every city, everywhere around the world, pretty much, uh, is not does not have access to a yoga studio. So kind of interesting times we find ourselves in, uh, but I've had a lot of teachers reach out to me and ask, like, how can I move my teaching online and move my business online? How do I set up a website, payment, all that stuff? I've fielded a ton of questions, written them all down, and created a course to address all of them, and I'm giving away the whole blueprint, the map of it. So everything that you need to know to do it yourself, I'm going to be giving away on this free workshop, whether you're a yoga teacher or just have some sort of business that you can translate online, which is really de facto everybody now. So it's called Six Steps to Turn Your Idea into an Online Business in the Next 90 Days. And I think you can actually do it a lot faster than that, but I'm giving you that sort of padding. So that's a free workshop at quietmind.yoga slash six steps. You can check the show description for a link to that. It's going to be very content rich and applicable so you can get off and running, right? If you just come to that workshop and you don't even have an idea, you'll leave with an idea and a plan to implement it to transition because we all need to change and adapt. We're all yogis. We understand how important that is that life is constantly changing and these are the circumstances we're in now so how can we move forward from here and you know i wasn't even sure if i was going to do online zoom classes it's like well maybe this will just pass in a couple weeks and then a couple more weeks you know it just keeps going so it seems like it's going to be quite a while and if you follow my astrology podcast you know it's a two and a half year cycle we're going through so it likely will be going on for quite a while so let's be yogis, let's adapt, let's change, let's let's take our ideas and move them into online businesses where we can reach people all over the world and not just in our backyard. So slash six steps, you can check that out. And today's practice, I'm gonna have a little intro uh, that was recorded when I taught the class, so I'll explain that there. Uh, but it's really cool uh, class from a recording many months ago after I did a training with Jason Crandall, an awesome teacher out of San Francisco recommend you check his stuff out. If you like mine, you'll probably like his. And I invalidated a lot of stuff that I was learning and discovering in my own practice of why I was constantly tight in my hamstrings. And uh, just doing the sort of yoga wisdom of just stretching more, pushing more, uh, was not working and actually made things worse. So I figured out some things to address that that I'll share in this practice and things you can do with any body part, any tight area, These things can apply, and uh, this is a little old, so like my new, more modern approach, I teach something called release, strengthen, and stretch. So it's very, very close to what I teach in this podcast, Uh, but for those of you who know me now and come to my classes now, it's a little more nuanced and a little more effective even more so now uh, but this class is awesome. I got really rave reviews from it. And I think you'll really enjoy it. So if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review. Please check out the website and uh, quietmind.org slash six steps. You can join that free workshop. It's going to be on Tuesday at 6 p.m. I should I have said that, right? That's kind of important. Uh, so it's Tuesday, just a couple days after this goes live. And then it will be recorded if you can't make it live. But I really would love you to be there live. I will have some special offers for people only at the live call. So it's a great group coming already. Awesome teachers from around the Austin area and around the world. So quietmind.yoga.com slash six steps. Thank you for listening. I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful to share these practices with you. It means a lot to me to get to give back what I've been given. And I think that's something that we all are here to do in our lifetime. And I think you have something that you can give back. That's why I think you would love this workshop if you want to join us. And I hope you have a great practice. All right. Thank you for listening. Today, I want to share, uh, I got to spend this weekend studying with one of my teachers, Jason Crandall from San Francisco. Uh, He's a senior teacher, and it really validated a lot of the stuff that I've learned about my own practice and body over the years. For example, when I started, my hamstrings were my biggest limitation. Hamstrings are really tight and downward facing dog. My heels were nowhere near the floor, (laughs) and uh, I thought if I just push them more, they will be eventually, right? If if this isn't touching the floor, maybe if I just push push it down, eventually it will touch the floor, and that's a, it's a very oversimplified approach to our bodies. Because so if that goes down, if I push that down, something else has to contract in response to that. I can't just stretch. I can't just stretch my hamstrings without affecting my quadriceps, and vice versa. All right, so everything is very very deeply interconnected. Uh, and the muscles, if I'm just going to try to stretch them, uh, they're not going to respond so well. Like if I were to just come over and like pull your arm, uh, you're not going to respond so well if I'm just like pulling on your arm all the time, eventually you're going to start to pull your arm back and say, stop doing that. So that's what my hamstrings would do, right? I'd constantly be stretching them, pulling them, wanting them to get longer so I can look like the person next to me in down dog (laughs) or like it should look. Uh, but my body would say, it just get sick of that, like, no, 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 no. And my hamstrings would get tighter. And I thought that tension, that tightness meant I just need to stretch it. So I just keep this cycle going. It's tight, so I stretch it. It's tight, so I stretch it. Uh, it wasn't until a few years ago when I realized uh, my hamstring pain, just my hamstring tension just went away uh, as a result, as a side effect of me doing this strength training that I started doing. And I realized I'm strengthening my hamstrings a lot now. My hamstrings are really strong again, so my hamstrings are no longer tight, so they can easily stretch. So then I got that flexibility that I wanted, but not from stretching it, but from activating the muscles. Same thing with my shoulders and traps. This was really tight, so I kept doing this and going the other way and tight and stretching it out. Didn't go away. And in fact, this was just making it worse, I realized. And then I worked with the body worker. She had me tighten it up and contract it until it fatigued. And then that tension went away. It doesn't come back because I know that now if it tightens up, if, it get, if I feel it's tight, that doesn't mean it needs to be stretched. That means it needs to be contracted and then released. Right. So if you have tightness in your body, and this is, this is really um, what I've learned in my own body, but... I was just started piecing it together, and now working with my teacher this weekend has really like put it all together. Because he's been working with like sports medicine doctors and physical therapists, and people who work with Olympic athletes, uh, and and these people who see like all kinds of physical bodies, uh, physical issues in the body all the time, and they know that just passively stretching to your end range, like trying to go as far as you can, as deep as you can, is just not. Uh, sound it's not how the body wants to work it's not safe for the body evolutionary it's not safe like if you think of like there's tigers and lions coming at us why would we spend an hour a day getting as limber as possible when we need to run for our lives and attack that thing (laughs) to survive right we want to be strong we also want to be flexible but we also want to be strong and that's where yoga has sort of uh missed the mark in some ways but it's very easy to change, very easy to adapt our practice to include that strengthening. And it's very cool because we can actually be strengthening and stretching at the same time and avoid these tensions, right? So like, for example, with the hamstrings, instead of just passively stretching here, I add a little bend in my knee, push down in the heel. Now my hamstring is contracting and I'm stretching and actually can go a lot further with that contraction. is if not to say that deeper is better or further is better but because my muscle feels safe it's willing to let me go further and and stretch it more so it's both strong and flexible which is totally not how i was trained in yoga initially uh so it's very cool a different way to look at things and we'll go through some postures and through the practice i'll give you ways that you can do that so you can activate things and stretch them and you might notice that Things are a little less tight. The woman in the last class, she's like, uh, that's the first time I've come to yoga and it didn't feel like I was getting stabbed in my hip when I was stretching my hip. And I was like, I'm surprised you keep coming back to yoga. This is <laughs> this is good news. So uh, hopefully you don't feel uh, as much tensions or resistance in your body by doing this approach. Does that make sense? Cool. And let's just start in child's pose with knees apart. Hips towards the heels, forehead towards the ground. And breathing down to the lower belly, taking a little bit slower, deeper breaths here. So we'll do some of this active stretching today, but we'll also do some of the passive stretching. The passive stuff is really good for the nervous system if you're emotionally stressed out, if you feel tense overall in the body, if you feel anxious emotionally, anything like that, uh, just doing the more passive stuff can be really soothing and calming and grounding for the nervous system at times. But if our intention is um, to release tension in the body and to increase strength and flexibility, the more active stretch is more helpful, more uh, effective for that process. And then start to come up to hands and knees. And you can have your blanket under the knees for a little padding here as you just start to move around the body any way that feels good. Forward, back, side to side, listening to your body. There's no right or wrong way, just doing what feels good for you to kind of get into your body. Then we'll come to the hands and knees for cat-cow. As you inhale, extend the spine, lifting the heart and the tail. As you exhale, round the back. And again, you can just go forward and back here, moving the spine forward and back, or you can add little side-to-side or movements in the hips and shoulders and neck if you want. And then we'll come to the hands and knees and start to bring your hands forward to keep the hips over the knees, lower the forehead down towards the ground. And this is creating an opening through the front of the chest and shoulders. And you can make this more active stretch by slightly pressing down into the hands and as if you're trying to pull your hands back, don't actually let the hands move, but you're pushing down and slightly pulling back with the hands that creates a little more of the activation of the chest and shoulders in addition to the stretch. And we'll go from here into a twist so your left arm reaches underneath, left shoulder down towards the ground. And again, with this, you could you could make this a more passive stretch and just reach your left arm out as far as you can, or you can make it a little more active stretch by slightly pulling the left shoulder blade back towards the middle of the spine and keeping that pulling back in the left shoulder blade but still reaching through the arm and pressing the hand down into the floor. So that engages the, uh, the rhomboids under the left shoulder blade, the external rotators in the shoulder. And I'll slowly come back to center to the other side, same thing, right arm reaches through. Either that more passive stretch, just reaching the arm, or a more active stretch, slightly pulling the right shoulder blade back, pressing down into the arm while you reach. And we'll come back to the center, to hands and knees to downward facing dog. You can bend one knee at a time, easing into this. And then we'll hold in down dog, lengthening through the spine, hips lifting up and back. Feet are hips width apart, press down into your hands, and slightly apart from center, like you're trying to tear the mat apart with the hands. Same thing with the feet, push down into the feet and slightly apart from center to activate outer hips. And we'll come forward to a plank pose, shoulders over the wrist, holding here for a moment. Again, you can stay just like that. Good place to be. If you want to add a little more here, hands and feet drag, they energetically drag towards each other. They don't actually move, but it's like you're trying to pull the hands towards the feet and the feet towards the hands. This contracts lower abdominals, draws the navel in towards the spine, and it's super hard. Mm -hmm. And then lower the knees down. So that means it must be good, right? Or it just just means that maybe there's a weakness there is something you can strengthen. All right, I know there is for me at least. And then we'll come all the way down to the belly, move your blanket to the side so it's not under the knees here. And then hands under shoulders and your head down just to start, and then let your head just just your head lifts off the floor a couple inches nothing else and that engages the erectors along the spine the the deepest core muscles of the back it's subtle you might not feel it all the way at first but just lifting the head activates those deeper muscles and then we'll add the hands lifting off the floor adding a little more weight onto the back shoulder blades move towards each other right so we're strengthening the muscles of the back here almost everybody i i've I don't think I've worked with anybody in my years of teaching yoga that, except for some, some guys who are really tight. Uh, but, but in general, we can't do too much of the strengthening of the back. Unless you're like an athlete doing pull-ups all the time or pulling motion all the time. Uh, for most of us, a lot of strengthening in the back can be really helpful. And then we'll have the feet lift off the floor. Slight bend in the knees. This contracts the hamstrings. A slight bend in the knees so you feel the hamstrings activate. And then bring the feet together, squeezing the feet together to activate the adductors, inner legs. So The whole back of the body is activating a little bit of the inner legs as well. And then we'll let all that release, relax. Just let your arms down, turn the head to one side. Feel that tension just fade out of the back of the body. So we're able to fully activate when we need to. We're able to fully deactivate when we need to. Hands under shoulders. Just lift the head off the ground. Same setup here. Feel the lower, uh, usually you'll feel at the lower back the most, these deep spinal muscles, but they go all the way up to the back of the neck. Lift the hands off the floor, adding a little strengthening here. Shoulder blades move towards each other. Lift the feet off the floor, slight bend in the knees, strengthening hamstrings, the whole back side of the body. And feet together, squeezing the feet together, activating adductors, inner legs as well. Holding, breathing here. And slowly release. Turn your head to the other side from before. Letting all that tension just fade out of the body. Able to fully deactivate. Right, Everything I say, you can always do less or more. Right? So everything we're kind of adding on bit by bit. So if there's a point where it feels uncomfortable or too much for your nervous system or your body, you can always undo that step and just do a little bit less and meet your body where it's at today. one last time, same setup, hands under shoulders, just lift the head off the floor, strong, deeper spinal muscles. Then you lift the hands off the floor, strong upper back, lift the legs off the floor, slightly bend the knees, strong glutes and hamstrings, feet pressed together, strong adductors. Hold, breathe here. Quality over quantity, doesn't matter how high you go or how much of that you do, just that you do whatever you're doing very well, skillfully and intentionally. And slowly release. And we'll come back to a child's pose. If this works for your body, knees together, arms reach back. And this opens that space on the upper back, releases that activation, gives a little bit of a stretch to the uh, paraspinal muscles, upper back, all that area we just focused on. And as you go through your day today, just notice how often your back is closer to this shape than the other shape. For most of us, it's almost all day, sitting in cars, chairs, desks, on devices. Our back usually goes to this shape, some version of this shape, and these muscles along the spine get weak, the muscles of the back get weak, and when they get weak, we don't feel them as we're weak, we feel them as they get really tight. So that tightness tells us they're weak doesn't tell us we need to stretch them, which again is a little counterintuitive, a little counter to what we traditionally think uh, in yoga class. And we'll start to come back to the hands and knees, back to downward facing dog. Look between the hands, walk forward to the front of the mat to a forward fold. Knees can bend here and let this be a little more passive. Let the head hang down, the neck release. And then let's bring the blocks under the hands, blocks at the highest height under the hands. So the feet are hips-width apart, and the hands about shoulder-width apart. Now your feet, push down in your feet and try to pull the mat apart with your feet. So they don't actually move again, but you'll push down and apart. You'll feel your outer hips activate. Good. And then bend your left knee, shift your weight towards your right heel. And now your left foot's not going to be... Well, your left foot can do that, actually. So still both feet pushing down and apart from center, but mostly the right foot's pushing down and apart from center. So you're getting the activation of your outer right leg, but also a stretch here. The left knee's bent, right leg is straight, and your hips, your weight is shifting towards your right leg. And if you don't feel what I'm talking about, let me know, and I'll help you adjust. You just want to feel that stretch and activation of the outer right leg, which is really gonna allow it to open up a lot more than just stretching it. And it's gonna strengthen at the same time. Which uh, almost anybody I've worked with over the years have uh, tight outer hips. Very uncommon, very very common to see tight outer hips for a lot of people. And that means weak outer hips. So we'll switch sides. Bend the right knee, keep the left leg straight, and try to pull the feet apart until you feel that activation of your outer left leg. Make sure your weight of your body is more distributed towards your left leg than your right leg, to emphasize that stretch on the outer left leg. And then we'll go back to center. One more time, both feet pushing down and apart from center. And then just fold over the legs. Hands can grab onto the shins or behind the shins. Now this one is a little bit trickier to feel for but we're gonna uh, let the left heel, again, your foot's not gonna actually move, but your foot's trying to push back towards the back of the mat. And that's gonna activate your left hamstrings. Give us just a micro bend to the left knee and accentuate that more. And then shift your weight towards your left leg, stretching more into the left leg, adding more flexibility with that strength. So it's an active stretch on the left hamstrings. And then we'll switch that. So. Now, right leg, very micro bend here, just the slightest bend in the right knee. Your right heel is pushing down and back towards the back of the mat. It's very internal, subtle work, just directing your attention and movement in very subtle ways. So, if it doesn't make sense or you're not sure, just please let me know. I'm happy to help. I want to make sure that you're uh, making making sense of this. I know it can be a little tricky to follow and then back to center. And then now both legs, folding over both legs, both heels, pressing back. And this one's a lot more tricky to get, but any amount just sort of pressing back in the heels, folding over the legs. There's a little activation energy in the legs with the stretch. And then we'll let that go. And then slowly rise up to stand. All right, legs might feel a little different. (laughs) And we will reach arms up overhead into a side bend to your right, holding on left wrist. For this one, so we can add this sort of passive reaching to the left arm. Or we can have this uh, right arm lowers down, left elbow bends, a little bit like you're trying to do a side bend to your left, but at the same time you're trying to reach to the right. So there's a little bit of pulling down and reaching out through the left arm. Another way to think of it is maybe like you're holding a really heavy dumbbell in your left hand and you're trying to push it up, but the weight of it's pulling it down at the same time. So you're contracting your intercostal muscles, side body, and stretching them. And then we'll come back up to center to the other side. Same thing. And you could start with the passive reaching stretch just to kind of feel that. And you could stay there if that feels great, but if you want to add the, the active version, let your left arm down and bend the right elbow, adding a little resistance as you reach out from that resistance. And then we'll come back up to center. Bend the elbow, shoulders down the back. Interlace the hands behind the back. And fold at the waist with the hands interlaced, coming overhead. We'll do this one more time with the legs. So the arms are just kind of hanging out here, more passive. Legs, feet pressed down and apart from center, like you're trying to pull them out apart bend your left knee, turn the left shoulder towards the left knee. I know there's a lot of things happening at once here, but you're pushing the feet down and apart, stretching in the outer right hip. And then we'll switch that. Bend the right knee, straighten the left leg, but still with the feet active, the legs active. And then both legs straight. Pressing the heels back, slight, very micro, slight bend in the knee to contract the hamstrings while you're stretching them. And then we'll release the hands down. (laughs) Step back to hands and knees and have the blanket under the knees here. And we'll shift our focus more to the front of the, the thigh and the hips, the quadriceps. Right foot forward into a lunge. And you know t- traditionally, I would usually teach this, you just move your hips forward and down, go as far as you can, which is still a good, valid way to do this, but we'll do a more active version here by coming up upright, hands on the thighs. Top of the back foot presses down. Like you're trying to push your foot into the floor. And you might even feel there's a little activation through the front of the thigh. Hands on your hips. And instead of tilting your tail back where you arch the back into the anterior pelvic tilt, do the posterior pelvic tilt where you tuck the tail in, in towards the lower belly. And that already you might feel starts to pull a little bit on the front of the thigh, adding a little stretch there. And then hands on the waist, with all that engaged, lower belly in, left glutes engaged, even feel with your hand, make sure the left glutes are activating. That's really key to this. And your foot pressing down, start to shift your hips a little bit forward. And you really might not go very far at all (laughs) to do that, but we're really focusing directly on the quadriceps, the front of the thigh, and a little bit into the hip flexors. Still maintaining left glutes engaged, left thigh, and then we'll let all that activation energy go and sink your hips forward and down, back to the passive version of it, just noticing how that feels for you. And we'll switch legs, right knee down, left foot forward into a lunge. Top of the right foot down. So again, we're upright here, hands on the waist. Top, so your right foot pushes down into the floor. And the pelvis tilts in, engage your right glutes. You can feel for yourself to make sure right glutes engaged. And then keep all that as you start to shift your hips forward and down. One of the most common injuries I've seen in veteran yoga teachers, people who've been doing this like 30 plus years, SI, hip issues, have to get hip replaced. It's because of doing things like this where you just like sink right into the ligaments and the the joints and you just hang out. Not so good for the long term, right? But this, what we're doing here, very good for the long term. So strengthening and stretching that area. And then from here, you can let all that go and just let your hips sink forward and down towards that end range, but not pushing too much, just feeling that release of tension there. And then we'll come back to hands and knees. Now, right foot forward into that same lunging position, but this time work with half splits. So this is a good place to use your blocks if you want a little support for the arms here. even if you're flexible, the blocks are great, but we'll have the uh, right foot straight, right leg straight, and then the right foot towards the knee here. So we're half splits with the right leg forward. And with this one, right heel pushes down and pulls back. And you could feel for yourself activation of the, the hamstrings and just the m- smallest micro bend in the right knee helps really fully activate the right hamstrings. So with that sort of pulling in with the right heel, you can fold over the leg any amount, whatever feels good for you. And from there, let that go a little bit, point your right toes towards the ground, stretching the top of the foot where we just contracted. And then more passive stretch, letting go of that activation, folding over the leg any amount. And we'll come back to hands and knees. Other side, left foot forward. Half splits here, so hip shift back, left toes flex towards the knee. And again, just the smallest bend in the knee, heel pushing down and pulling back, contracting the hamstrings back of the left thigh. While you maintain that contraction, folding over the leg any amount. And with these activations, you don't have to be contracting like 100%. It doesn't have to be all your effort, but just enough that you feel some engagement there. You can do more or less as it feels right for you. But some amount of activation will uh, help the flexibility quite a bit. And then we'll point the toes towards the floor, a little bit of stretch, release to the top of the foot, and let go of that digging down of the heel. Fold over the leg, any amount, and we'll come back up, back to hands and knees. Right, and then from here we'll work with a pigeon. So we're just kind of working our way around the legs. Front, back, now outer legs. And we'll do this one in a different way than you might have done it before. So um, you'll have your right leg towards the front edge of the mat and your back knee bent behind you. And your back foot either in or out. One of those will just feel natural for you, either way is fine. So usually in Pigeon, we have that back leg straight and the hips square to the ground. That's fine, you can do that in a minute if that feels better for you, but you can try this one too. So we'll have the legs like this, like a sort of deer pose kind of shape. But make sure your right leg is fully at a 90 degree angle. So your thigh parallel to the edge of the mat, your shin parallel to the front of the mat, and your, your leg is pressing down into the ground. So there's an active pushing into the floor if you're trying to push your foot into the floor. Come down to the elbows here, or blocks if the elbows don't reach. Elbows in front of the shin if you need to, or elbows on blocks in front of the shin if you need to, and then start to lower over the leg. So we're getting this, this stretch to the external rotators, the outer right hip, but also strengthening by pushing down into the leg. And then we'll start to come back up. Release the legs, and we'll just switch over to the other side, same thing. This right leg is back, and the left thigh along the front edge, left shin parallel to the front, front edge of the mat, and then down to the elbows or blocks, again actively pressing the leg into the floor like you're trying to push the foot through the floor. We'll start to come back up. Bring the feet together, knees apart. With this one is more passive, you just let your knees lower down. More active, you add a little resistance here, trying to bring the knees together, but the arms press down into them. And find where that feels natural for you. You don't want it to feel like Uh, sharp, the elbow pressing into the leg, but somewhere along the thigh, the forearms pressing down. So there's uh, resistance. It's definitely moving towards a stretch, but there's also a little resistance there to activate the adductors. And with this one, if your knees are up a little bit off the ground, a couple inches off the ground, the nervous system is really the key to this. So just as much as you can, relax, slow, deep breaths. If anything feels like uh, sudden or uncomfortable, just, just do less, You know, don't push it, don't force it. But let that pressure allow the legs to soften. So the body tends to soften under pressure. That's like we, why we like weighted blankets, and like snuggling with people, that, that pressure Uh, can help our bodies really relax if done right so just want to make sure the pressure on your legs feels soothing allowing your legs to open more nothing too sudden nothing too fast here Start to come back up. Start to bring the knees back together. And come into cross-legged, you can sit on a blanket or a block if you want. Do a little more with the shoulders, upper back area. So here, elbows pressed towards each other, hands facing towards you and the palms facing towards you. Sort of like an eagle setup, but we're just gonna squeeze the elbows together. This is activating your external rotators, the outer arms here. An area that's often weak for us as we spend a lot of time in the slightly internal rotation on devices, typing, keyboards. But right here, strengthening the outer rotators. And then we'll just open the arms out, shoulder blades together, sort of like goal push, kind of shape with the arms here. Let your shoulders slightly shrug up towards the ears, contracting the upper traps. And then let that relax, the upper traps. And then bring the arms back together, squeezing elbows together. They might not touch, That's okay too. Your hands can touch, but if you can, the elbows and the hands touch, and slightly lift the elbows up in line with the shoulders and the hands right over the elbows. And then open the elbows apart, shoulder blades towards each other on the back, lifting the shoulders up towards the ears, engaging the upper traps, Right, so again, this for me, that had that problem area, and I kept saying, "Oh, I need to sh- stretch this area, but if you get tense up here, which a lot of people do, this is a good way to approach it, just contracting it, holding that till it gets a little bit tired, and then slowly melting that tension off the shoulders down the back, and let your arms release down, let the shoulders relax. The one more thing there, just the sort of like, you know, shoulder stretch, we see people do a lot, just the basic sort of shoulder stretch. So your left elbow bends, your right arm reaches across the body. At first, like you're trying to reach across the body, but then like you're trying to open your right arm to the right, but it's getting blocked by the left arm. So that's, that pulling of your left arm is stretching the shoulder, and that trying to open the arm is activating the arm. So we're getting a little activation and stretch here in the shoulder. And then we'll let that release. Other side, same thing. Reach through your left fingers, bend through the right elbow and try to swing your left arm open And just let it go. Move the shoulders any way that feels good. And let's have a moment in meditation here before we do uh, a last little thing before Shavasana. So, sitting comfortably, any posture that feels good for you, long spine, eyes can be closed or resting on a single spot in front of you. Notice your breath. Taking a little bit slower, deeper breaths down to your lower belly, just like we did at the beginning in child's pose. So when you inhale, you feel a little expansion at the lower belly. When you exhale, a little softening there. Mind following the breath. If the mind gets distracted, just bring it back to the breath. start to transition from here to legs up the wall. So I'm gonna to turn towards the wall space. And there's a couple ways you could approach this. One is you could have a bolster under your low back. So you start up to the side of that and then roll onto the bolster on your back. So this can feel nice if you have low back uh, compression, any pain in the low back. This can decompress the low back a little bit. It might not feel so good if you um, if you have uh, typically an arched low back already. When the arms can just relax out to the sides here, and find your sandbag. I should have told you that sooner. Sorry. Uh, you can leave me a comment card after class. <laughs> <laughs> And you can take that sandbag on your feet and extend that up towards the ceiling. And have your feet about hips width apart. Might be just a little bit closer with to get that sandbag in place there. But that little bit of pressure on the legs, again, the body softens under pressure, relaxes under pressure, so that can help uh, the whole nervous system move into the more parasympathetic mode, rest, digest, heal, which is what we're going for here. We have about five minutes for Shavasana. So you could stay here. This feels great or just come down to your back laying flat or some other version of Shavasana. Begin to move your fingers and toes and slowly start to transition Moving any way that feels good for you. Up to a comfortable seated posture. We'll take a moment to close our practice with the hands together at the heart, bowing the mind to the heart and to each other. Thank you for practicing today. Namaste.